Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our weekly message. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. To connect with our church family and to watch our live streams, please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc. Amen. Amen. Everybody good? All right. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 17. Genesis, uh, I mean, Genesis chapter 37. I'm sorry. I've got a bunch of scripture I'm going to use this morning. I got like four different Bibles up here, so we're going to just uh, get into Word. I want to share something that's been on my heart really for some time, um, and I just want to put language to where I feel like I am. So if you've got a different translation this morning, I'm going to read out the Passion Translation. If you're reading in a New King James or King James, it may render just a little bit different, and um, but uh, you... You'll, you'll, we'll be able to stay together on it. Also, don't forget next Saturday, those that want to travel with us, we'll put all the information up on our social media platform. But we're going to do um, a worship event in the big city of Ludowice, Georgia. That is a big town if you've never been there. Now, it's on the other side of Jessup. It's between Jessup and um, uh, Catherine said it's a speed trap. We're from that area, so they used to. They'd have all kind of stuff set up, change the signs around on you where they get you for speeding. But anyhow, um, we're going to go over there to Mark and Emily's house next uh, Saturday afternoon. Those that want to travel with us, uh, we'll put that um, on our web, uh, just on the social media platforms. I'm, I don't have any social media, so uh, they'll get it on there and get it figured out. And we'll, uh, if you want to go do that, but we're going to have an outside worship event over there with Mark and Emily. So I'm excited about that, and we have. Uh, several of worship events that we're going to be doing even into 2022 in different cities and things like that. And we'll talk about that more on the days ahead. Also, too, on October the 26th, on October the 26th, uh, we have partnered with the Adel Church of God, Madison Guinard out at Adel Outfitters. We're going to do a men's event on that Tuesday night, October the 26th at the Catfish House. That'll be an all-free event, and the seating is going to be limited on that because I think we can only sit like 250 to 300, but we're going to give away some guns that night. Somebody shout hallelujah. And uh, it's not some little 22s or something, but the big gun, I've got it rigged where I can try to win it, Jesse. But nah. anyhow, we're going to give away several guns. Uh, we're going to feed uh, those men that night. It's going to be, um, it's going to be uh, uh Fried brim. Now we're gonna do some. We're gonna do some fish and things like that. So they're gonna cook. It will not cost a man nothing to come. And so uh, uh, we just want to do that. So uh, it's gonna be a real hunting theme. That thing that kicks off the week of of uh, rifle season, where we'll be able to shoot a deer with. And um, and so it'll just be a great night. So if you're in this house and you're a man, you want to attend that event. Um, uh, you can't be undecided. You got to be sure you're a man. Now I'm cutting up with you. Y'all all right? <laughs> um, so, uh, man, Lord Jesus, I'm already in trouble and ain't even started here. It is a men's event, so we're just trying to awaken some men, okay? So uh, I'm excited about that. So uh, we'll, we'll do that uh, on the 26th. That's going to be at the Carter's Catfish House. That's going to be us, the ADL Church of God, and 8L Outfitters. You can come in your camo. I'm actually going to speak that night, and I'm probably going to be in my camo. We're going to have several deer heads in there, man, some grown monster bucks. Hey, we're not killed by me, sadly, so I have to go get some. But it's just going to be a nice night, and um, so I'm looking forward to that. 
So on the 25th, if you want to travel with us to Ludawissa, you that'll be on all the information will be on our social media platforms, and then um, um, and then also on October the 26th. On October the 24th, if you've ever been connected to this house, I want to just go ahead and tell this that. You do not want to miss that day. October the 24th, we're going to do a short enough, uh, what we call it in the country, a shindig at this place on the 24th. It's going to be rocking, and um, we're going to have tents set up outside. Thanks for the kids. We're going to do a meal on the property, and, um, and so we're just going to have a day of celebration on October the 24th, which we will be launching what we will be doing for the next several decades in this house on October the 24th, so I want to see Call everybody up, so we'll have friends and family coming in from all over the place uh, to be with us on that date. So, all right, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 37, are you there? We're going to read a good bit of scripture this morning. I'm just going to dive in the life of Joseph and pull some things out. We'll see how far we get into this. And um, and so I just want to just, just share some things that I've got on my heart concerning this. Uh, so, Father, we just thank you again for the power of your word. We thank you for the time that we have together in this house this morning. Father, I pray through the reading of your word and through the preaching and teaching of your word, Father, that you would just, you would just set us free. You would ignite something on the inside of us. You would awaken dreams on the inside of us. Things that have been laid dormant, things that we've just given up on. Father, you'll remind us of those things and cause for us to believe for them again in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Genesis chapter 37. Remember, I told you I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. And so, it may sound a little different if you in the King James or the New King James. Listen to what he says. He said, this is the story of the family of Jacob. So first of all, I want to start right here. I'm just going to teach more than preach out of this. It's not a story about Joseph. It's a story about a family. See, we can't lose sight of that. A lot of times we think my problem is just my problem, but it's something bigger at work. It's about a family. It's about a generation. It's about a region. Come on, somebody. I do not stand here this morning hoping that I can grow a church. It's not about a church. It's about a region. It's about the kingdom of God coming. Are you with me now? We're one body with many members. All right. So this is the story of the family of Jacob who had settled in the land of Canaan where his father Isaac had lived as an immigrant. Jacob's, Jacob's son, son Joseph was 17, and he served his older half-brothers, the sons of his father's wife, Billa and Zephah. Helping them watch over the flocks, one day Joseph went to his father with a bad report about their behavior. I got three boys, and my youngest comes in with a report almost daily about bad behavior. In other words, they didn't let him or give him his way. Come on now. You all right? Now Israel loved, loved, loved for Joseph surpassed that for his other sons because he was born to him in his old age. So Israel had made him a richly ornament robe. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than he loved them, they hated him and would not speak a kind word to him. See, everybody wants favor, but favor is always costly. You with me? One night, Joseph had a dream, and when he shared it with his brothers, they hated him even more. Listen to the dream I had, he told them. There were binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly, my sheaf rose up and stood upright. 
Then your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to mine. His brothers asked him, Oh, so you think you're going to be our king? Do you actually think you're destined to rule over us? So the dream that they that he told them about uh, the, the dream that he told them about made them hate him even more. Then another night he had a dream and he shared it with his brothers saying, Listen, I had another dream. This time the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When his fathers and brothers heard it, his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? Do you really think that I and your mother and your brothers are going to come and bow down and bow to the ground before you? So his brothers grew more jealous of him. But his father kept pondering Joseph's dream. Let's stop right there. So first of all, I want to tell you this. You, got, you can't lose sight of this. It's the story of a family. Now, if I was here, I would really like to be talking to a room full of leaders, but we're all leading something. You're leading your family. You're leading a classroom. You're, everyone's leading something, right? Everyone has got great destiny. Would we all agree with that in this room? Zach quoted it from the stage. We already said Ephesians 2 says that before the foundations of the earth, God created a song, a poem, and He put it inside of you. And He's wanting to see that displayed on the earth. He's trying to get that out of us. And all of us in here has a destiny. And like most of us, we live in the Western world and we are, com- we are accustomed to having things very quickly. Would we agree with that? You pull through, now you can pull through the drive through and you can have, uh, you know, uh, uh, unless, I'm, gonna have to quit. I'm already getting sidetracked with that. Because now, you know, we've got a restaurant shortage, so it ain't as quick as what it used to be. Father's trying to help us here. You know what I'm saying? But, but we, want everything, we want everything quick. So at 17 years old, God puts a dream inside of Joseph. There's not a person in this room that don't have a dream, whether you believe in it or not, whether you forgot about it, whether you're discouraged about it. All of us in here have a dream. And all of us in here is questioned, Father, when is this ever going to come to pass in my life? Because the father is a farmer throughout scripture. He's not a microwave. He's not instantaneous. He's building something in us and that's where we rely on the area of trust. So Joseph has his dream. Remember, it's not about him. It's about his family. So first of all, I want to say this. That instead of his brothers getting jealous, they should have been humbled that the fact that father had chosen their family to illuminate, to, to, to rest favor upon them. Now let's talk about this. I believe that there is a major call, regardless of what you see and hear this morning, it's what keeps me moving, that there is a major call on this house. And it's not about me and my family, but us as an entire family. Come on, somebody. And it goes into the bigger picture of the region. But let's let's be honest here. There are people that are around us that are favored differently. God loves us all the same. T.D. Jakes used to preach favor is not fair. But it doesn't take rocket science that people carry more favor than what others do. So what happens is Joseph is inside this family. Something is on his life. We know he's destined to be a ruler and reigner. But he's not that at 17 even though it's sealed up inside of him. But he, his, his destiny sealed up in there. So when, you're, so, so when you have no favor and, you just, and you're just mingling with the crowd, that, that's destiny concealed. But destiny starts being revealed when favor starts coming upon you. And, and, and Jacob began to favor Joseph and he creates this coat for him. And he 
he makes this coat for him. It's a coat of many colors. It has, it's a long tunic. It has sleeves on it. And, and it goes past the knees. This is not a coat that you would wear to work. This is the same coat that was in the book of Samuel that would be a priestly-like robe. And it was basically uh, Jacob putting favor upon him saying he's destined to be the high priest of this family. This is what he's wearing. And so when his brothers, you can imagine, they've all, he's already shared a dream with them about, you know, listen, I saw the, the sheaves. Here's the thing. Notice what he said. He didn't say, I saw y'all as snakes. I didn't see you as thorns. He said he saw the whole family as sheaves. Come on now. So that means to tell me that every person in the environment was highly favorable and highly valuable. But God was about to exalt one. And here's, I'm going to go after some things. Because listen, when God begins to exalt people, He does not exalt them in the back room. He exalts them at the front of the family. It was when David was anointed king, he was not anointed in the back room somewhere. The, the entourage pulled up to, Samuel pulled up to Jesse's house and he called David out and he began to anoint him in front of the whole family. Why does God do such a thing? Why don't he just call the leadership and say, let's take John David in the back room and we deem him as there's something on his life. And you know, why, why does that happen? Because God tests every one of us in here what's in the depths of our heart. Because how many knows this, that fathers don't deal with competition. It's always brothers. Y'all right? And so in that is, father brings out and he begins to anoint and he begins to bring out front and show favor out front to test our hearts. Can we truly be, are we truly in it for the family as a whole? You with me? All right. So first of all, let me just say this. Junior quotes Bishop Veron, Veron Ash a lot, which he's very good. He's got phenomenal revelation. Um, he's going to be with the Lord now. But he teaches something. He's got a message called the hundredfold that is absolutely unbelievable. If you go on YouTube and search that message hundredfold, I'm telling you right now, that, that is one bad to the bone message, is it not, Junior? I mean, it's unbelievable anointing. So he teaches about us some 30, some 60, and 100 fold. How many knows that God's destiny, he wants you in 100 fold? Would we all agree? I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about finances here. God wants you in the fulfillment of what he has for you. How many knows this? It would have been sad for Joseph not to even believe what God showed him, whatever. So what keeps, what keeps you moving is when you start getting possessed by what you believe Father said about you. He really believed that he was a star. And I hate using that word, but he would, that's what the vision that God gave him. He was an exalted chief above his brothers, and he was a star that was rising up. The first one had him deal with ruling in his family. The second one had him ruling nations. Come on, y'all. So how many knows this, that the Bible never says, talks about to make disciples of your neighbor. Even though we spend a lot deal on discipleship, it's, the goal is not discipling your neighbor. The goal is discipling nations. Y'all with me now? See, I'm not in here teaching you that we all go into hell in a handbasket, friend. And I know there's a lot of things shaking on the earth today, but you better believe Father's got a plan and a purpose. And the Bible says that there's going to be a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish that's going to stand up on the face of the earth. And the goal of the Josephs and the Daniels in the last day is to stand up and rule in nations. So we got a long ways to go. Don't call me and don't, I'm, I'm not in here saying that, listen, we fixing to leave the earth. God's about to invade the earth and he's coming through a church. So we got to find our purpose and realize we got destiny. So in this, Joseph realizes, hey, there's something in there. 
So how many knows this? To get the first thing that he got in his 30-fold was a robe of favor. Favor happens rather quickly. How many would, not, would, would agree with that? God begins to favor us rather quickly. I got only story I've got to pull from is from my own life. When I got saved, when the, February the 2nd of 1980, uh, 1998, 1988, I was 10 years old. <laughs> but anyhow, in 1998, when I gave my life to the Lord, I got saved, got born again, something happened. God, but I mean, there was rapid things happening on my life. I had two supernatural encounters with the Lord the night I got saved on a Monday night with no one there. I was alone with God in my bedroom and had a three-hour visitation from heaven. And then the second one was when I got called into the ministry. I was in the back seat of a truck, Ford Dooley. I was on an underground construction crew and um, a bearing fiber optic cable. And I was reading the story of Matthew chapter 25, the story of the ten virgins and the other three men disappeared out of the vehicle. And I heard a voice speak to me, said, go tell the church to get on fire. That's when I was called into the ministry. Favor began to happen very quickly on my life. How many knows when God starts putting favor upon you, He will cause others to notice you. He will cause leadership around you to notice you. Now here's what I'm saying. If there's, if you've been in five churches and the leadership hasn't noticed the gift on your life, maybe you don't possess the gift that you think you have on your life. God will begin to highlight you to the leadership that is around you to bring development to what is on the inside of you. So, so I remember this and I remember going somewhere. I remember I was in Douglas, Georgia one night and we did a Jericho march around the church. There's 400 people in there and I was singled out by the pastor of that church. I was visiting that church and I was singled out and he released a prophecy over my life of these things that happened and said there's a double portion anointing upon your life. Now from a theological standpoint, it would be great and we could all call people up here and say, you know, give me a double portion. But how many knows when Elijah asked Elisha that he wanted a double portion of the spirit that was upon his life, he said you've asked for a difficult thing. And then he was taken through all of these places to see if he could receive what he asked for by him. I'm, 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 I'm going to set this up in a minute. I'm just trying to tell you. So in this thing, when God begins to highlight destiny to you, He begins to highlight the call on your life, He's going to put the favor that you need to accomplish that. Now what? let, let me just say this. The Bible says that Joseph met two men in prison. He met a butler and he met a baker. A butler someone who opens doors for you. We all need someone to give us access to something. But how many knows this? The Father says in Isaiah 22, 22, that I will open doors that no man can open for you and I will shut doors that no man can shut for you. All you have to do is stay in His presence and at a place of trust that He's going to do everything that He said and He will put you in divine alignment with the people around you that can bring that destiny out inside of you. Are you with me? So you're going to have to meet a butler. And you're going to have to meet a baker. A baker is somebody who takes eggs. Come on, somebody. They take flour. They take sugar. They take all of these substances that are not very good by themselves. But when they put it together and put it in a blender and bake it in an oven, it makes this wonderful thing we call cake, right? So a baker is a person that gets in your life and begins to extract things that you don't need from your life and begins to add things that you do need in your life. We're all going to have to meet the butler and the baker. Now let me just say this, when God brings a baker, a lot of times we want that baker to get away from our life. Come on, y'all. Because we don't like being told that we're not all that in a bag of chips. I don't really want a coach, I just want it to happen, you know what I'm saying? Like weight loss, why can't it just happen instantly? I mean, you know what I'm saying? We watched, I remember when the P90X videos come out. 
We watched them for three months and nothing ever changed in my life. It did not do what it said. <laughs> Are you with me? But what you got to understand, Father's writing a story. And it takes time to write the story. Joseph, it took him 20 years to see the fruition of the dream that he had. He got near the dream when he was at age 30 because it's when he was at age 30 that Pharaoh put him as ruler. But it was another seven years after that until they went into the famine that his brothers came into the land of Egypt and bowed down in front of him. Now what do you think? Let me ask you this. Because I got a lot. If, if Joseph would have saw his brothers three years after that happened, the first thing that would have rose up in Joseph was retaliation, not forgiveness. I got to go around. So the first thing Father does is He puts a robe on you. He puts the robe of favor and God starts highlighting that favor. But let me say this. The robe of favor will always be upon you, but there will be a season when it looks like that robe has been totally missed. It looks like it's been totally removed. Because if God doesn't remove the robe of favor, He can't give you the next robe. And if you can't release the next robe, you can't never, if you're never willing to leave 30, you will never walk into 60. And if you can never leave 60, you can never walk into a hundredfold. But when God got ready to bring Joseph to the next level of the journey, he did not give him a robe of favor. What did he give him? He gave him the stolen robe. This is where it gets, y'all right? This is where it gets a little shaky. When I, was, um, when I was 19 years, 20 years old, I was fully booked as a itinerant preacher. Fully booked. I remember sitting down one night telling my mom, I said, listen here. I said, probably when I'm 22, I'll be all over TBN. Y'all ain't hearing me. Ain't nobody out there. You know, I'll be all over TBN. I said, I'm, I'm going to be hard to get, but I ain't going to forget you. <laughs> I'm 22 years old and I'm standing in I'm standing in a church in Baxley, Georgia. The service is transitioned, they moved from praise and worship. I'm fully I'm I'm preaching all over the place. I mean my head you can't put it inside of an Escalade. Y'all ain't never been there have you? See what happens is the robe of favor causes pride and arrogance to rise up real quick because you're the noticed golden child. Come on, y'all. But listen, you're never going to walk in the hundredfold with that type of attitude. And Father is a great teacher, and the next robe is a great humbler that He gives us. Come on, y'all. You... We're ate up with it in every bit of society, what I'm talking about. We have a kid that transfers out of this school because he can't wait for the senior of that school to be the quarterback. He knows he's a good quarterback. He can't wait his turn in line, so we transfer 25 schools to find a place he can play. Are you with me? Me and Cleveland and I were watching the game last night, and we were, we were watching and. These, these boys had their shirts off. You know what I'm saying? I always that We had two teams. You remember when we was little kids, the shirts and the skins. I always had to be on the shirts. But they had their shirts off, and they were painted, and, and they said, we want Arch, which is Peyton's nephew. I told Cleaver, I said, how much pressure do you think is on that young kid right now? Let me tell you this. He may be a great athlete, but he's nowhere near ready to handle the pressure that's about to come on him. 
Because it takes preparation. Listen to me where I'm going. So I'm 22 years old. I know that I'm called. I've done been called out. I've done been noticed. I'm the man. I mean, there's no telling what's about to happen in my life. I go to Baxley, Georgia on a Sunday night service and they, 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 it was Sunday morning service. It was a Sunday morning service. They, they changed from praise and worship and they was going to do, someone was going to come out and do a dance. You know what I'm saying? Now, we didn't, we didn't do no dance at our church when I grew up. You know what I'm saying? But there was someone going to do a dance. And I remember standing there by the pastor's wife. Because, see, I had favor. I didn't have to sit in the side of the church. I had favor. My God, I'm trying to talk to us here. Let me tell you something. How you handle the favor you've been given will determine how long you stay in each section of the coat. See, you got to learn how what gave you access was not you, but favor from fathers. What gave you the access to stand where you stand? Come on. It ain't your gifting. It ain't your talent that gives you access. It's all about the father's favor upon your life. All throughout the story of Joseph, even when he sold into slavery, it says he was successful because of the favor that God had placed on his life. Then when Potiphar made him rule in his house, it said that he did not have to worry about a thing because of the favor that was upon Joseph's life. Then it says when he was thrown into prison, the warden immediately noticed Joseph because of the favor and that God was with him. Are you with me? So they, they, the song comes on. It's C.C. Wynum. It's Alabaster Box. And there's this blonde-headed girl doing this dance. And I'm sitting on the front row and I was like, man, she's pretty. You know what I'm saying? Then I looked at her again. I said, man, she's pretty. Y'all ain't never done nothing like have you? Huh? I was like, man, this girl's pretty. Pastor wife leaned over and said, you know, she's single. I said, glory to God. You know what I'm saying? That was, I first saw Catherine in February, whatever. I saw her like the second week of February. This is by no means no marriage advice in this room. Please do not take my journey in the Lord. Um, you know, I saw her in February. Um, we, we went to the huddle house that night. Man, that's a real date right there. Went to, to the huddle house after church. Praise God. Um, so anyhow, she asked me my age. Told her, she said, you're my little brother's age. And um, I said, well, how do you? I said, well, you're my middle sister's age. That's, that's great. She's got me about three and a half years. I saw her the second week of February. We got married on May 1st. And for 12, 13 days, I was gone out of the country during that. I do not suggest that. I'm just telling you. But when it's right, it's right. We've been married for over 20 years. Got three wonderful kids. And God's been amazing to us. So, so when I get, when I marry Catherine, we go to the next leg of the journey and everything shuts down off my life. I'm like, Lord, this, that, that woman thou sentest me has caused thine anointing upon me to not be noticed as much. <laughs> now the itinerant guys having to do youth ministry and kids ministry. And custodial work at the church. Custodial work. I was destined to be on TBN by the time I'm 22. Now I'm two years behind schedule. And nobody's calling. Let's look a little further than this. You all right? It's 1140. Come on, let's, let's, let's go right here. So the first robe is the robe of favor. 
How, how do we model ourselves when that? The Bible says this. It says, when, when you set before kings. Notice how Solomon was, was being shaped by his father. Not if you're going to be successful. But when you set before kings, consider his delicacies. If you are a man of appetite, put a knife to your throat. Are you with me? So father, bring, listen, the, jo- the role of this story is not about Joseph. It's about a family. I, I don't know if I'm driving that. It's not, about, it's not about what's on my life, but about what can come upon the family. Are you with me now? But there will be sheaves that exalt that come up higher inside the family. I got two responses to that. I can either rejoice with them that are rejoicing, or I can allow jealousy and envy to get in my heart. Are you with me now? And jealousy and envy will cause me to walk around the mountain, walk around the mountain, and walk around the mountain. So here's the next thing. So Father's got a great destiny for him. It's not only is he going to rule in his family, he's going to rule in the nations of the earth. So he gets ready to slide that uh, coat of many colors off, and he puts a second coat on him called the stolen robe. Y'all got time? Can I just, can I just quote it, and then we'll read some more verse of Scripture in a minute. Joseph... <clears throat> The Bible says he was a lot like me. He was well built, very good looking. Come on, y'all in the scripture? The Bible says he was very built, he was extremely good looking, and Potiphar's wife had eyed him from the get-go when he came in the house. But what happened is the robe of favor gave him favor with Potiphar after he sold by his brothers into slavery. He winds up at Potiphar's house and he's ruling and reigning in that house. Every time she tries to get him, he says this to her. How can I sin against God? Look at his view of this. Number one, he knew Father had put him in that place. Why didn't he say, why don't I sin against Potiphar? He associated Potiphar as the position of the Father. Come on, y'all. I can't mind God. He said, listen, he said, I'm not going to sin against you. I will sin against God if I disobey because look at all he has favored me with and got, and have got access to. So here's the thing. Let's, let's just talk about in our environment. We got young people that is favored to get on that stage. But what you fail to realize, so you think, I just played my instrument on that stage. But it took a man on March the 10th of 1991 to go over and establish something to create a stage for you to get on. So there's 30 plus years of heritage of blood, sweat, and tears that allow you to get on the stage. And God looks at how you model your heart when you've been entrusted with someone else's vision. Y'all with me now? This it goes on the job. Well, you th- I'm, just, I'm just beating my employer up. No, you're beating the father up. And you wonder why you get overlooked in raises and why you can't advance in your own profession. God, I'm not... I'm not I, I want God to give me a new car. But yet your 1988 Honda has dirt four foot deep in it. Take care of what you've been given with thankfulness as unto the Lord, and then God will begin to add to us. Come on, y'all, buddy. If you rent a house and you can't take care of a rented house, how are you ever going to take care of your own home? Oh, Lord Jesus, don't get on that. See, we just bless me, Lord. When you want growth in your life, Jason McCraney says it best. He quotes Bruce Lee. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And when the teacher appears, the teacher is not to beat you down, but instruct you and equip you to get to where you're going in the Lord. 
Are you with me now? But when the teacher appears, we want to, gosh, I want to kill him. Huh? All right. She gets this next coat, the coat of, of the stolen robe. Now let me just say this. What happened with Joseph after he refused and refused, he gets a little close one day and she reaches out and she lays hands on the coat in which he has and strips the coat from him. He runs out of the house. She tells a lie. Come on. She tells a lie and says that he tried to advance her. Potiphar gets enraged and throws him into prison. So listen to this. If you're going to get where you're going, you're going to have to deal with the robe of betrayal. It's awful quiet in this house. Let's look, let's just, I don't know about that, Pastor. I mean, ain't nobody ever betrayed me. You ain't lived long enough. How many knows that we will all go through that, this? Let's look at what the Bible says. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. One day Jesus told his disciples this, betrayals are inevitable. What? Betrayals are inevitable. But great devastation will come to the one guilty of betraying others. It would be better for him to have a heavy, heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment of betrayal. One of my dear ones, so be alert to your brother's condition. So what? Be alert to your brother's condition. If you see him going in the wrong direction, cry out and correct him. If there is true repentance on his part, forgive him. No matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you and says, I'm sorry, I'm changing, forgive me. You need to forgive him every time. Upon hearing this, the apostle said to Jesus, I love this. Upon hearing this, that we got to forgive someone seven times 70. Upon hearing this, the apostles cried out and said, Lord, you must increase our measure of faith. Now notice this, when Jesus sent them out in Matthew 10, notice his instruction to them. He said, go preach the gospel of the kingdom. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise dead folk. They did not, when they heard his command to God and raise the dead. Church, listen to me. This is talking about us going down to Purvis Funeral Home, go walking up to a casket and say, get up in the name of Jesus. They get up out of the casket. I just want to do one funeral like that to see if they have to reimburse the family. We're going to need our money back, Junior. He, he's in no need of this now. We're going to give the casket back. Listen. They didn't cry out and ask Jesus to give them faith to go raise somebody from the dead. But when it came time to forgive a brother who continually does something wrong, they said, Lord, you're going to have to increase our faith on this. Now notice that the father was bringing Joseph to a destiny in which his brothers sold him out. But his brothers sold him out and it had nothing to do with Joseph. It had everything to do about the family. So now the father, look at this, places a robe, a stolen robe, and a robe of betrayal. This is going to happen to everyone in this room. Good people might make bad decisions. Good people make mistakes. No one willingly says, I would never look at Steve and say, I would willingly just love to jab him in the back. 
But how many knows that it happens? And the church is not exempt from that. You more happen to get hurt in the church than you are in the club. Oh, God, i got to quit preaching right here. People say, well, we should go to the club. Hear me? But how many knows this? Because it's the people you love the most has the potential to hurt you the most. And the way fathers designed it is you and I do not have the ability to withhold love. It don't matter how many times we've been hurt. Are you with me this? So listen to this. Let me read you this quote. If you pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. If you pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. He will be loyal to the end. Are you with me? If I go in my house and I see trash on the floor, I know my dog's got in the trash and he's nowhere to be found. She said, they ain't smart. I can't find him nowhere. <laughs> but after I call his name a few times, even though he knows he's in trouble, I guess because I ain't never beat him down or whatever, he's going to come. But listen to this. If you pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. He will be loyal to the end. But this is the principal difference between a dog and a man. By Mark Twain. That dog that you make prosperous will not bite you. But the person you make prosperous has the potential to scar you. Okay, if I'm going to be a ruler of nations and I'm going to rule my family, I've got to learn how to model my life inside of the coat of the stolen robe. When folks is lying on you, y'all ain't never walked through none of this. I've only walked through it about two times. With whatever you're doing, especially if you're in business, my, I remember my dad my dad would train someone. My dad would train someone, and I, I'll, never, I'll never forget. I saw this as a, young, a young, young child. You know, when you work for someone and someone's paying your check or whatever, like say, Chris, you know how to do, you know how to lay that stone. You're a really good stonemason over there. And it's tempted because every time you're working for someone and you're in a home, the homeowner's constantly telling you stuff. Well, I, you know what? I'd like to have my stone out there around my pool laid. You hear that as an employee, be like, hey, I could come on Saturday and lay that stone for you. Do you believe that? Listen, most of us say, man, ain't nothing about that. He's going on your own time. But here's the reality of when it was raining outside and we couldn't work, my father still wrote him a check like they were working. So you're going to trade all of that to go make Two more dollars on the hour than what my father's paying you with on Saturday. What do you think happened when my father found that out? Put them on down the road. Y'all, man, it's, I, I'm going to preach about the goodness in a minute. It's all going to tie in. Because if a man can't put his knife to his throat no more than that, how can you ever rise him on up into a company? Am I telling the truth, John? 
How can you rise him on up in the company? What gave Joseph the favor that he has was the model that he had inside of his heart. It was nothing fake or phony about him. This was the way he lived inside of his heart because he was arrested at 17 years old to a process of where he saw in a dream that God's going to raise me up as a sheep and I'm eventually going to be a star shining and we're going to rule nations. So I got to learn how to model myself. Now let me say this, it is human nature to want to retaliate. And I being the number one person in this room, probably like that, those that are in my inner circle has walked through some things with me and had to look at me and say that is not right. Does anybody else do that? And we look at people of success and think they've never went through nothing. I'll never forget reading Jensen Franklin's book, Love Like You've Never Been Hurt, and I was amazed at some of the stories that he wrote in there. Jensen Franklin, who touches the nations for the glory of God, pastors the great church. Do you know that his, his, his daughter, uh, uh, they had some issues with his daughter, and his daughter went to the clerk of court to get married and didn't even invite him and his wife. Can you imagine that? The great pastor Jensen. But you and I have no choice but to turn to the Father to heal us of every wound that we've ever walked through. And if we do not become healed of the wound that we've come to, it is like drinking poison hoping someone else dies. Dusty sent this out. Those that are wounded bleed on everyone that did not do any cutting. And it's, we've got to get it right. I've got to get it right and you've got to get it right. So here's the thing. I remember saying I remember saying about six months ago, Cleve, Cleve is... Um, me and him were talking, and I said, let me say this. I am done pouring into some 20-year-olds. I mean, I, I, I'm not a millennial. I come from, I, I'm, I lean, I got a lot of the baby boomer generation in me. We were taught work hard. Hear me? We were taught you, 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 you pay, then you play. This generation wants to play and forget about paying which is the way our government's operating because our grandkids' grandkids won't never have nothing if God don't come through for us. If you ever know how much $30 trillion is, let me say this, the difference between a billionaire and a billionaire. A billionaire is what, 20-something? Uh, uh, it's 20-something days, the other one's 32 years. So we, 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 we've, we've got to re- We've got, to, we've got to do some teaching and training when it comes to the kids that we're raising up. And I'm talking about my own too. You know what I'm saying? Because they know how to, daddy, daddy, daddy. And it's like the scripture, you know, the unjust woman. <laughs> we cave in because of the continual. They got that Luke 18 down at my house. The continual knocking. All right. <clears throat> John 16, 33 says, in this world you will have trouble. In the world you're going to have trouble. You're going to go through things. I'm not going to stand up here and preach to you until you come to Jesus and everything's going to be rosy. You are going to go through some things. There are things that we will face that we can't explain. Good, bad things happen to good people. I don't understand that. It is just the facts of life. But the promise that we must be anchored in that wherever we go and whatever we go through, that He will be with us even unto the end. God will never forsake me in the battle. And that's what I have to re rely on. Are you with me now? So, so we're going to go through some things. 
And here's the thing. The mark of maturity is not how much revelation you know. It is by how much mystery that you're willing to live with. Even though you don't understand it, even though you can't explain it, even though it's rough, even though it hurts, yet you still throw your hands up and you worship your way through it. That is the mark of maturity. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. So, Joseph has got this coat. Now, you know that Joseph would have never went to the store and bought the stolen robe. He would have never bought the robe of accusation, the robe of betrayal, and the robe of being lied on. But something is working for the greater good in Joseph. Matthew, 8, 7, uh, Matthew 18, 7 says this. That offenses must come. We're going to have opportunity to become offended. So how do we model in that? So let me, let me just say this. I, 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 sometimes I share too much. I, I feel like, you know, sometimes I, I just tell you everything. You know what I'm saying? Because really, I'll just tell you my life. Because if, if, if you realize that somebody else has struggled, you know what I'm saying? Just like the day that I battled with coming in here telling you about how much anxiety I had or struggled with that. Because I had these thoughts said, man, if you sit and tell the people that, they're going to think you're weak. But what I found to be true, that God is attracted to weakness. He's never attracted to strength. Come on, somebody. And then when we gave that altar call to rise up, who's been, who's been dealing with anxiety, the half the, the church came up. There's a reason why things are happening right now. That suicide's through the roof. All the things are through the roof. People are struggling in this nation and they need an answer. Yeah, we know what the answer is. The answer is Jesus Christ and the goodness of God. So, I said, listen here. I'm not... I said, I've got to put walls up around my life. I, I, I'm too... I'm too... I let people in too quick. I mean, I just let them in. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I got a big heart. I give everybody the world. I just let them in. I said, I got I to gotta create these walls. What happens when you get hurt? You start walling up. What did we sing this morning? Spirit, break out. Break our walls down. You know what the walls we had up this morning? Discouragement. Come on, somebody. Bitterness. Unforgiveness. And we said, break our walls down. I, I'm telling you today that somebody in this house, he did not miss it. I was reminded of Chris Valentin in one of the visions he shared in his book, may have been Heavy Rain. He went to this thing and he saw this castle or whatever and he saw this family in there and he saw this huge painting on the wall. And on this huge painting on the wall was a picture of him and Kathy. And he heard them say, this all started with your great-great-grandfather and your great-great-grandmother. You can start a new story in your life right now, instantly in this room. It's a, it's a conscious decision that I trust what this man's saying up there. Father, I'm, I'm, I mean, I just trust it. I'm going to give this to you. Now, forgiveness is not easy, and it doesn't mean that you trust a person. It doesn't mean you're going out to eat with them or you're going to have fellowship with them. It simply means you release them of the judgment you think they deserve. And you will have to do this over and over and over again. There's, I, said, I said, man, Cleve, I'm, I'm too open. I said, ain't nobody but Matt Smith getting in. <laughs> huh? Not that Matt's got great potential to harm me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's, they, they, he has great access. My bank accounts, everything. He run off of whatever I got, the $30 I got. He can run off with it today. You with me? So I got a wall up. Got a wall up. You with me? 
now, now I've been, I've realized that people had the potential to hurt me. I wall up. Listen, there's men that have ran into the caves 20 years ago and never come out the cave because of some bad thing that's happened. There's people that has gone through a divorce that has crippled them and went to put them in the cave and they never come out the on the other side of it. Father wants us whole. We can only reach back to help people when we become whole. So, I'm, I'm, I've, I've made the decision. Here it is. Be the perimeter right here. Nobody else getting in. So I'm going to live my life. Well, we, we have, you, you take Zach. He come back, right? Well, he, he showed up here. First time y'all met him. So within, within three weeks, he's in my house. I mean, now he don't even knock. And I'm like, so I'm going, I'm like, how did, how did this happen? I mean, how did this happen? Some kind of way he, he invaded the security system, and now he's got in there. You with me? But let me say this. It doesn't matter if Zach walks out of here today and shoots me going out the door. I will have to live my life with no walls and feed whoever Father brings into my life. But let me tell you about this. The goodness of God is when He showed up, God reminded me that we never sow a seed in vain. He reached back to when I was 23 years old sowing into a group of kids in a small building in Jessup, Georgia. And he reached back and said, no, I'm going to destine you to have some sons and I'm going to reach back to your early 20s and bring a seed that you sown then and bring it back to the forefront. God, we never waste nothing in our lives. Every season is fruitful if you will give it to the Lord. Come on, so he says he causes all things to work together for the good of them that love him and called according to his purpose. So here's the thing. If we call to equip people, they're going to show up. Some will, some will leave. Some's not destined to be with us for the rest of our life. And that is the hard thing. We want to keep our kids in diapers. If, if, you know what I'm saying? Because here, notice about this. Raising teenagers. Father, somebody pray in tongues right now if you've got a teenager right now. You have to give them keys. I mean, you cannot take them down there to the DMV and not give them no driver's license. They're going to be 35 years old and needing a chauffeur. Chauffeur, not a chauffeur. They'll need the chauffeur too. Sound the alarm. <laughs> Y'all right? Fishing, get out of here. You got to give it. But you know what? The enemy beats the teeth out of you as a parent and you relive everything that you've done. Are you with me now? We cannot be a people. We cannot be a people that is afraid to live. Afraid to move. Because of something that's happened into the past. Listen to me right here. You will never embrace the future until you let go of the past. You can never grab what God has for you until you let go of where you've been. Paul said this one thing I've learned to forget those things which are behind and press toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. 
one of the most painful experiences, and I, I, and I can say this today with all, with all honesty and purity, and those some of that's been here for, since, since here, you got to understand, I was 34 years old when I came here. That's a kid. <laughs> I'm still a kid, Steve, but I was sure enough a kid. And there's nothing about the fire that makes you grow. See, men are not born in times of peace. They're born in, in, in the pressure cooker of, of the fire, of having to develop. You know what I'm saying? And let me just say this, because I, 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 I don't know if I'm doing this any justice today, but Father will start removing every crutch that you have in your life, and it'll look like you're alone and abandoned. Because He's never going to allow someone to be what He is to you. He's going to put you, Daniel, in the lion's den where they are barking, where they are growling, and where they're extremely hungry. Are you with me now? Notice the three Hebrew boys and Daniel in the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys was offered alcohol, right? But they declined it. The last thing you want in your body when you're going into the fiery furnace is to be lit with alcohol. Come on, somebody. Notice that Daniel said he wouldn't have no meat. Hello. The last thing you want to be full of is a ribeye when you're going down to face the lions. They don't like leeks and lentils as much as they like ribeyes. You hear me? But what happened is what I'm trying to see you, what caused him to be able to deny that and to, and to put a knife to his throat is the destiny he believed he had in God. That's what, call, what causes a young person not to fall apart and go buck wild. It's not preaching that of, of, of all the effects of sin. It's the fact that you're captivated by the vision that God has for your life. Because the Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. They cast off, cast off restraint and run wild. What constrains you to get back in line and get everything back in focus is when vision is restored in your life. So now Joseph has got to warn. Now he, he's, he's warned this and he's modeled it well. He's warned the coat of betrayal and he's modeled it well. Now he finds himself in the prison. The warden immediately notices Joseph that there's something on his life. And he puts him into, he puts him into to authority. And, he, and, and, and the scripture says the same thing it said about Potiphar. The warden don't have to worry about anything. Except what he's going to eat. Because Joseph is running everything. Joseph got that thing running like a well-oiled machine. Well, the, the king gets upset and throws his uh, butler and the cupbearer and the, and, the, and the baker in the prison. They have a dream. In the dream, the cupbearer has a dream, and the baker has a dream. The baker has a dream that he's running with a basket of bread on top of his head in a basket, and the birds of the air is coming to eat the basket, uh, eat the bread out of the basket. No one can interpret the dream. Joseph interprets their dream in the prison. Let me tell you this. You've got to learn how to develop your gift when no one else will. God, I'm, I'm, I'm talking this morning. Listen, what makes... What makes great people, what makes a professional a, a professional is they have the ability to develop their self when no one else is pushing them. I watched a clip the other day by Steve Jobs, how he built Apple. He said that he did not hire someone that was the best qualified for the job. He hired the most passionate person for the job and the one that wanted to do self-development. Those are the ones that outrun everybody. In other words, you get out there and you hitting off the tee when the coach ain't telling you to hit off the tee. You're reading and studying about worship when everybody else is playing games. Come on, somebody. Because you're constrained by a vision in your life. Nobody has to call me and say, John, will you please read? Grant said, Dad, all you do is read. 
Teddy Roosevelt, if he knew he was going to meet you tomorrow, and he knew that he was going to have a conversation with you, and he knew that you was wild about duck hunting, he would read three books. It was said about Teddy Roosevelt this, that when Teddy done all he done do during the day, if he, after he read three books, that Teddy would grab his revolver, lay it next to his chest, and he would sleep for a couple of hours, then rise the next day. Come on now. What I'm trying to tell you, the Bible says you have no need of a man. The Holy Spirit will teach you and guide you into all truth. I'm not saying you cut away all your relationships. You understand what I'm saying. But I'm saying you've got to work at it yourself. You've got to do your part. There's a scripture where I've just been on me that the horse is prepared for battle, but victory belongs to God. You've got to get the horse ready. All right. So... <clears throat> The one, so the baker has his dream. Y'all all right? I'm closing right here. I'm a long-winded preacher. Man, we already missed the buffet anyhow. They've killed it, okay? They're going to put the other part on. I'm almost done right here. I'm, I promise I'm going to land this plane. I promise I'm going to land. If I might miss a Sunday, I'm telling you, I, I, this is bad, ain't it, Steve? All right. So the, ba- the, 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 the cupbearer goes, he said, listen, the, what you had, the dream that you had within three days, you're going to be restored back to the king. Now, you imagine this other guy, he said, well, shoot, man, he got a great dream. He, he interpreted his dream well. Within three days, he's going to be restored. Joseph looked at him and said, your dream is this. Within three days, you're going to be beheaded and your body's going to be put on a, uh, uh, you're going to be impaled on a pole and the fowl of the air is going to eat your body. Now, you, how many knows you probably left that place thinking, my God, I hope he missed it. <laughs> Hear me? Within three days, the, 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 the cupbearer was restored and the baker was killed, just like Joseph said. Joseph looked at the baker and said this. Joseph looked at the cupbearer and said this. He said, when God, he said, will you remember me when you get out of this prison? He says, yes. I love the way the Scripture starts. The Scripture says this. Two full years. Two full years before Joseph was remembered. Pharaoh goes into a dream. Listen, church, stay right here with me. Pharaoh has a dream, and in the dream, he sees seven fat cows coming out of the river followed by seven lean cows, and no one can interpret the dreams. God, I'm telling you, man, if you got faith to believe this, this is where we're going into the nation. I'm telling you, God's going to pull the false prophet media Jezebel down in this nation, and the true prophets of God are going to rise like Elijah on the showdown of Carmel. I believe it with everything in me. God is preparing some folks in this season. Man, I'm telling you, we are entering into a building season. This is no time to hunker down behind the walls of our paneled houses and wonder something. We're going to build right out in front of Pharaoh and right out in front of Sambalat and Tobias and make him like it in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on now. So Joseph, no one can interpret it, but the, the cupbearer remembers, hey, there's a guy down in the prison. I had a dream, and the other dude had a dream. You killed the other dude, but I'm telling you, he's bad to the bone. There's something on his life. He pulls him out, and he said, listen this. Here's what God is saying. We're fixing to go into seven years. We're going to make money hand over, hand over fist. It's going to be, I mean, I mean, crops is just going to produce like we've never seen them produce, but there's coming seven years. There's coming seven years of lean time that we must begin to store up the extra grain, put them in the barns so that we'll make it through whatever. We're going to make it through the uh, lean times. Hear me? What did God tell Abraham? Your people's going into, going into Egypt, right? Did he not promise Abraham you're going to go into Egypt for 400 years, then you're coming out? This was the pathway to fulfill the promise because God, God put Joseph in, 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 in the pit to send him ahead of his family to preserve them. 
Because God's about to raise. Listen, listen, what, what I'm trying to tell you is this. A whole nation benefited what was on Joseph's life that his family could have got if they would not have allowed jealousy and envy to rise up. I'm telling you, there's going to be people in this room God's going to use with great favor and they're going to have great anointings on their life to do great exploits. And we as a family can embrace that and withdraw from that anointing or we can get jealous and envious and say, listen, that all comes from a poverty spirit. Believe that Clay, if Cleve gets blessed and he stole it from Steve. How many knows that your father's got a big pizza and it don't matter if Miss Katie ate 10 slices of the pizza, the pizza's never going to run out. Hear me? So he tells, he, tells, uh, he tells Pharaoh the dream. Pharaoh pulls him up and said, listen here, Joseph has interpreted the dream. He makes him governor over everything, sets him up as ruler. The seven years go by, everybody's doing good. They get into seven lean years. Two years into the seven lean years, his, brother, his, his father looks at his brothers and says, listen, why are you sitting here around here leaning around? He said, I've heard that God, I've heard that Egypt has grain. We got to go buy them. Now think about this. You think about this. I'm, I'm done, but I got to drive this point home, okay? You think about this. It don't matter, it don't matter if you forgive but you, you still remember things. Ten of his brothers are showing up in Egypt because the last one, Benjamin, is at home. Because Joseph lost, I mean because Jacob lost Joseph, or thought he did, he was real protective of Benjamin because that's the only two children he had with his love, Rachel. His, they show up. Joseph sees them coming. When they first approach him, he interrogates them. Says, I know you're spies. You all right? I know you're spies. You're coming to spot the land. You're coming to find out our weakness. They get nervous and scared. Joseph said, listen here. I'm fit to throw y'all in the, I'm fit to throw y'all in the prison because y'all, y'all spies. No, we're not. We're a man of integrity. We're men of our words. Whatever. He said, do you have a father? He, know, listen, he knows what's going on. He's, he's, he's fixing to find out what's happening. He knows that now. He knows his dad is still alive. And he said, I'm going to hold y'all here until one go back because you said you got a younger brother because he's dying to see Benjamin. Y'all, there's so much in these stories right here. We can preach for days on this. When they sit at the table, listen, this is when, he, when they begin to know something's happening right here. Because when they come back, Joseph, they finally go back and talk Jacob into letting uh, Benjamin come back with them. And when they come back, he, he tells them, I'm a pre preparing a feast for them. And as he goes in to have the meal prepared to them, he sets them down in divine order, Reuben being the firstborn. And he sets them down all the way down to Benjamin. Benjamin was the was the last son of Rachel. He gets five times the portion. Boy, this is the end time church right here. Here's a picture of this. He gets five times the portion of all the rest of the brothers. Then finally Joseph reveals. Joseph gets choked up in there. He runs to a side room and he weeps because now all of his brothers are at the table. Look at the place that what I'm just trying to tell you. How the robe of betrayal brings humility. Bill Johnson, when during during the time of the um, um, during the time of whenever we had the school closed, the the quarantine and whatever, everybody had to stay at the house. Church was closed, bar was open, church was closed, and the strip joint was open. But we we made it okay. 
Havarkuje. Bill, there was a Zoom call that he was on. I got to quit. And, um, and someone had sent it to me. And it was, a, it was a, a picture, just a Zoom call with him with different leaders. And he said that there was five well-known ministries that bashed them on a weekly basis. Just, 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 just destroy them. There's YouTube videos out there why Hill Song or Bethel Song should not be sung in your church. It's crazy. If we could ever stop eating one another and get the crosshairs off the church and onto the enemy's camp, we'd make great ground. And this is what he said. You remember this, Kevin? He talked about his father. How people had left him go plant a church within the hometown or whatever, and his dad wouldn't do nothing but bless him. And he said, we're reaping the seeds of that today. And he said, this is why he said that he found himself not like me, not like ready to fight and kill, but he found himself feeling just some indifference toward them. Like when I saw Jesse, there's just something that says, you know, I, don't, I just felt some indifference towards you. Like, I mean, I like you. You know I'm cutting up, but I'm just saying. So he said this is what he would do. He would take he would take their picture in like Charisma magazine or something and he would stare at it and stare at it until he felt the joy of the Father filling his heart with what the Father felt about them. So when Joseph brings the reveal, he falls on his brothers and said, don't be, don't be upset because of what you've done. You had nothing to do with it the whole time. But God sent me to prepare me to save our whole family. I'm telling you, there's some people in this room that's got great power from the things that you've been through and that you've endured. And you got nourishments inside of you that can sustain this body for generations to come. Some of the things that some of you have been through. I mean, we, there's, there's been unbelievable tragedy that's been part of this house. But through all the tragedy... Father writes a new story in every book. And there is a book of faithfulness in this house of what God has done and what God, we, we could stand on it and we could preach on it for the next decade of everything that God has done. And so my son looks at me and he says, Dad, this and this and this. I said, but son, let me tell you this. All of that would shake me if I had not known this. For 22 years, I've seen the hand of God move the unmovable in my life. And I stand here today knowing that I'm on divine assignment, whether there's 20 in this room, whether they be 200 or 2,000 in this room. It was God who told me, boy, I feel the Lord in this room. In 2013, when I was listening somewhere, somewhere in, somewhere in 75, thinking about my wife's blonde hair and us on the beach, <clears throat> and the rest we'll leave out, that God came in my truck and said, will you trust me to go on a journey? And I took that God promised me this, that it will always be sunny in 75. Now, they may be days we have to endure the dark clouds. Are you with me now? But I got the promise that the sun will come out in the morning. Junior tell me he played the song during the, when he was in the darkest time of his life. Um, um, what the sun will, the sun will come out in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning.
And I can tell you with all confidence, I have never been more confident, more excited than I am right now about the future of this house and building what God said to build in this region. And it may, this may look like the time that you shouldn't start something, you shouldn't build something, but I'm telling you now, we're in a building season and we're going to build like never before. And you know what? There'll be seasons where we have to wear another coat of, of whatever, but God will be faithful. I said God will be faithful. And our job is to model heaven's agenda here on the earth and keep our own life right. Are you with me now? I've got to forgive those who've done me wrong. So here's the thing. Man, I hate to see him out. I'll, I'll do it. But come here, Zach. Right here, we're fixed to be done. If he let... he. He led worship this morning because Matt wasn't here. You know what I'm saying? We walk together. We know who's ringing. He knows that I'm the man, right? Am I the man? You better sound the man. No, I'm playing. Listen. But if he goes rogue tomorrow, you know what? If I go rogue tomorrow, there'll be someone else to do what God said to do. Are you with me? Our job, I'm just simply saying this. We cannot live our lives like, like we live in a china shop. We got to live open. We got to love like we've never been hurt, like Jensen said, and we just got to go. You don't live your Christian life wondering about if you see the stoplight. You live your life with go because Matthew 10, he said, go into all the world. He gave us permission to go and to run, and your day should be running, and you only stop when you see the red light. But the church has been looking for red lights around every corner instead of realizing that fathers gave us the green light. And I'm telling you this today. Some of us in this room really need to let go of the past. You need to forget that last relationship that, you, that went jacked up. You need to forget that divorce. You need to forget that hurt. You need to forget what you felt like that the Lord didn't come through for you. I'm telling you this. I remember reading Without Walls when Paul and Randy started that church down in Orlando. When they were on government cheese. She, and this is what he's, he, she called him and said, Randy, we, we ain't got nothing else to eat. We're going to starve to death. He said, I want you to write a book right now. He said, you start on it today how two people obeyed God about a vision and he fell through for them and didn't show up. He said, because you'll be the first one to ever author such a book. Can I tell you, we got 66 books full where it came through in the lion's den, where it took children of Israel across the Red Sea, where it took them across the flooding Jordan. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, we're going to see miracle after 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 miracle God will show himself strong I declare it to you. I declare it over your family that your family's coming out of the dark season. Your family's coming out of the heaviness. It's a new season, church. Get the joy on your face. Let go of the past. The past is the past. It's all about reaching for what he has in the future. Do you believe that? Stand up on your feet and give God a great God bless you. I feel like we got to sing something over the people. I don't know what it is, but we got to sing something over you. Is the band still here? I hope they are too. I want, I'm just telling you, we got to sing something over you. I wish I could sing like Israel out and I'd sing it's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new season. My God, he's still here, brother. I have what I'm saying. I just want to lift this. I want you to lift your hands up. 
It's raining outside. Come on, we can't do nothing anyhow. I would never be a, ch- I would never be a church that is worried about 12 o'clock. You hear me? I would never be confined and be put in a box and say, you got to do this and that. I just want us to leave out this place on a high note today. Don't let that coat, that second coat, weigh you down. Every time I've failed people, and I, and, I, and I have, it has never been my intention, but I have failed some people. And every time I do, I've asked the Lord, okay, God, where did I fail this one? What made them decide this, make this decision? And all I can do is ask the Father to forgive me and be better at the next place. You know what I'm saying? I can't live in that place that I blew it. Alicia Keaton says this on on weight loss. You can't ever should yourself. Don't should nothing. Well, I should have. I shouldn't have ate that cake. Hey, I don't hardly eat any sugar, but I ate some cinnamon toast crunch last night at 930. And you know what? The The Lord didn't kill me for it. Father, I thank you for this group of people that's in this room. Come on, you can play. Y'all ready to play? Or... Um, Come on, raise your hands up. Receive His goodness.
to in this house of grace it is your sanctuary this is your sanctuary you are holy we enter in we give you praise this is your sanctuary this is your sanctuary and you are holy take your claim your domain this is your sanctuary this is your sanctuary you are holy yes you are righteous the love of crazy i'm about you just a whole new season I declare father that the winter's past the time of singing remember that other song of Solomon the time of singing has come the turtle dove it's here father we're gonna have a great fall and have a great 2022 I'm telling you this I'm so excited about the next year I've never felt like God has given me a clearer deal to do than what he's given me in our assignment for 2022. We're going to see God open unbelievable doors. Do you believe that? I'm just telling you. Just take a moment before you leave here today and say, Father, there anything that I need to let go of? And just let it go. One of the things that made Joseph the ability to look at his brothers and say, I mean, not retaliate was this. He never saw himself as a victim. He always, he always kept in his view that I'm a beloved son and the Father knows everything about my life and he's got me. You are not victims in this place. You are victors in Christ. I bless you. Remember this, on Tuesday night, we will do live worship and prayer. 
in his atmosphere of prayer. And so if you, I, I want to encourage you, man. We have been, last Tuesday night was unbelievable in this place. If you can't, hey, we're doing it by live stream. Tune in with us. But um, Tuesday night will be prayer at 7 o'clock, live worship and prayer. And then we look forward to seeing you guys next Sunday. If you want to go to Little Wissy, we'll have all the information on the thing. Okay? It's real simple. It's Highway 84 straight to Little Wissy, Georgia. Turn right at the red light. It's down a dirt road on the right. So it's going to be in the woods like a cry wilderness worship event. God bless you, friend. We bless you in the name of the Lord. We'll see you here Tuesday night or Sunday. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed our weekly message. Thank you for joining us. We want to connect with you. Please visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc where you can find our social media information and directions to download our smartphone app. This will keep you connected to all things Cornerstone. We pray that you have a wonderful week.